0: I think the key there is to, you know, create kind of smaller spaces to come together over and over with the same people around kind of a shared thing that you're passionate about.
1: Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse.
2: Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters, I'm your host Matt Rouse and today, My guest is the one, the only Ashley Lynn. How are you, Ashley?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for
2: having me on, Matt. Ashley, as well as being a youth organizer, you're also the youngest person who has been on the show. So I wanted to give you a high five for that. And Ashley is a 17-year-old student, social entrepreneur and community builder in Vancouver, Washington, and the new author of Youth Organizer a book on how young people can build more powerful digital first communities. So, Ashley, to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your book and the crowdfunding campaign behind it, and then we can get more into kind of how you started
0: and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I am writing a book called Youth Organizer. It's about how young people can build online communities and really create spaces online where they feel seen, heard and understood. And like, like they have power and agency over the world around them. It is being published by the New Degree Press this August. And because I'm a new author, my publisher wants me to kind of build momentum this April by pre-selling copies of my book. So, so I'm currently running a pre-sell campaign on Indiegogo that ends in five days.
2: Nice. So what is the actual date that it ends, in case somebody's not listening to this today?
0: Yes, it ends on May 2nd.
2: Okay, so we're going to try and get this out as quickly as possible so that people have a chance to go there while the episode airs before your campaign ends. So hopefully we'll have this out by April 29th. So first, I guess the question that most people probably ask you, and I'm going to ask it also, is what gave you the idea to do this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So when the pandemic first started and schools went online, I felt really disconnected from a lot of friend groups and clubs and communities at school. And I knew a lot of my peers kind of felt the same way. And so I started thinking a lot about, well, how do I kind of adapt my friend groups and communities online and stay connected with people, right? Like without the hallway conversations and like lunch meetings, it was hard to stay connected. And and so last March, what I actually did was I organized like a couple of like Zoom calls just with other kind of student leaders who were building communities and who were thinking a lot about these same questions of like, how do I like set up Zoom meetings? How do I get people to be at my Zoom meetings? How do I create spaces online where like people come together over and over and still accomplish everything that we had wanted to do? And so during these Zoom meetings, we kind of troubleshoot challenges that people were facing in their communities. And I would kind of like write down the key insight and really harness kind of like the collective like knowledge of um, of the group. And people found those, like, notes really helpful. I actually just continued writing. I got connected with a professor at Georgetown who connected me with my current publisher. And there.
2: Great. And, man, I mean, I tried the online schooling with my daughter who was very young, right? She was four when, you know, COVID. Actually, t- technically, she was, was just turned four. So she was, like, barely over three. And she could not give a crap about online school. Right. You put a computer in front of her. And she'd be like, hi. And then she like run away. She just didn't care. Right. But I found that the people that I knew who had some kids that were older, you know, most of them kind of in their teenage years, like, you know, 13 to 15 kind of range. That's just because that's the people I know. They had a hard time with not just the online schooling itself but the socializing that you seem to get, like playing online video games and chat and stuff like that doesn't seem to be the same thing that you would get meeting as a group in person and hanging out kind of thing. Did you find that facilitating like a different way for people to hang out online, especially for people your age, did you find that that was something that they really connected with?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good point, right? Especially kind of like as like vaccine rollout is starting to happen. there like, I think there are a lot of people thinking about, well, what does the future of community look like? Especially as we kind of transition in real life, like what digital aspects of community will still be present and how do we kind of make the most of both worlds, right? Like I definitely agree that kind of building friendships online is a bit different from building friendships in person. I think when many people think about online communities, like our heads automatically go to like things like social media, where like people build like these like huge communities with like, you know, thousands of followers and, you know, and people passionate about a certain subject. Right. But I think we see a lot of people moving away from those big social media communities into these smaller kind of more intimate spaces. Right. So whether those are like discord channels that are private smaller, like group chats with friends, like private zoom calls. And so I think, I think the key there is to, you know, create kind of smaller spaces to come together over and over with the same people around kind of a shared thing that you're passionate about, which, you know, doesn't necessarily happen through social media, just because it's so easy to feel anonymous in kind of like communities of that size.
2: Right. Social media is is, well, I mean, has has turned out to not be that social. <laughs> it's not as social as people think. It's like it's like standing in an auditorium full of people who are loosely connected around maybe a certain region, and you don't know any of the people for the most part, you know. And I mean, yeah, maybe maybe you all like to raise backyard chickens, but that doesn't make you friends, right? Especially when there's thirty thousand. <laughs>
0: Yes, no, for sure. Especially when social media is kind of just broadcasting information, right? Like there's like, there's no dialogue, like as the audience, you are there to like, just kind of receive what the creator makes. And and it's just kind of like this transactional process that doesn't really leave a lot of room for real relationships of trust and care to develop.
2: So you, you mentioned Discord and Zoom. I'm pretty sure everybody in our kind of audience is going to know what Zoom is. Most of them probably are not going to know what Discord is. Do you want to talk maybe about some of the places and what what type of, of software that they are? Like maybe places like Discord, maybe like Twitch, I know is something that, that gets mentioned periodically that most people in my audience have no idea what it is, you know, because uh, we're all a bunch of old folks. So
0: <laughs> speaking for myself. Yes, no, for sure. I guess like first Discord, if you use Slack, Discord is basically Slack for gamers. Like it's very much structured in the same way with like channels and stuff. But Discord also just has like amazing functionality for roles where like you can really kind of personalize someone's experience in that community through which role they select. And so people can even have roles for like, you know, like their pronouns or like just different aspects of identity which makes people just feel a lot more seen for who they are and able to have a tailored experience and so a lot of kind of young people especially people from like the gaming world are on discord yeah and then in terms of other spaces where young people are kind of gathering twitch is definitely one like i think like i think it's really interesting to see how how people are gathering in what you know adults consider to be like video games and like I think when many people hear like video games you're like oh my gosh that's that's so bad for young people like you're wasting your time on video games but i you know i have a friend who runs a minecraft community and it's three thousand kids who you know on minecraft and some of those people are his best friends and it's crazy how they how they're able to gather together in like this digital space and really build the world that they want to see in minecraft and really can you just connect around that but like if I went to like my teacher and was like oh hey I'm like running a Minecraft community they'd be like oh that's a fun hobby but like what are you really doing and so you know I think there's a lot of stigma or like at least expectations of where community building should happen that young people are actually kind of pushing back against and finding different places to find communities of our own.
2: Yeah it's absolutely true and Being a uh, game person myself, I love gaming, especially tabletop gaming is kind of my thing. But I also used to work for a video game startup company. I've worked on games. I have a game I'm building right now. I love gaming. And there is something about a group of people in a game getting together and not necessarily playing the game. They're just there to go hang out and they're using the game as an interface to do that. So there's something that, that comes up. I don't, I'm sure you've heard the, the the term that history repeats itself. And history is 100% repeating itself in the gaming world because 20 years ago, people used to get together and they would go on something like Ultima Online, which was pre World of Warcraft. It was all kind of a predecessor to those to the, the MMO games. And... People would just go in the game and they would go to like a pond in the game and they would throw their fishing line in and then they would just type and chat with each other all day and they wouldn't even play the rest of the game. They would just go fishing in the game. You don't even need to catch fish in the game. It was like a stupid sideline of the game that you could actually go fishing. But everybody would sit around and fish and chit chat. Right. And, uh, you know, 15, 20 years before that, it was bulletin board system games, which is pre Internet time. And people would dial in on their phone with their modem, and they would have little chat rooms in the games in there, and everybody would sit around and BS in the game in there, right? So the same thing's happening again now. It's just a space that other people aren't aware of. And because other people aren't aware of, it's it's not policed, Right. It's kind of a self-policing community. They generally have some kind of security role system in them so that you can make them a fairly safe space, right? Obviously, nothing's ever perfect, but... And I've also seen a lot of, like you were mentioning, Minecraft, where, and, and as well as some games maybe in, like in the Roblox world and, and stuff like that, where they build an environment for the specific person of meeting up to have a community. It's not necessarily to fight against each other in a game or whatever they're just using some kind of sandbox system in a game to build an environment and then meeting inside of that environment.
0: Yeah. And that like building something together is just so like, so powerful. I mean, I think, especially for young people, like the world is often something that happens to us, like something we don't have control over. Right. And I think when like when people are able to come together and really create things we gain agency over the future of our own lives and future of the the world around us I think it helps young people experience and like what it means to create spaces for their own and that like naturally translates into like their in real world life and and how they show up into their in-person communities
2: yeah there's a an interesting kind of psychological effect that happens when a group of people are working to together towards a goal and that's why you get things like initiation rituals.
0: Yes, yeah. So in our schools, all the components of community are present, right? Like young people have our friends all in one place. We all eat lunch together. We have rooms available for us to eat lunch in. And when kind of the, when the pandemic started and schools went online. Young people had to find these components of community ourselves and be able to like organize them and piece them together in ways that, you know, was previously done for us. So I do think it was kind of, you know, a bit challenging for like for young people to adapt in that sense. But it also just, you know, young people are incredibly like resilient problem solvers and and a lot of us were able to figure it out. Um, I do think there like there was definitely a learning curve in that. Whereas adults might have had experience just creating communities of their own outside of the school environment a lot of you know young people have their best friends have been like classmates with them since kindergarten right and so and so it's hard to do that
2: well hopefully you know if if you're lucky you get to keep those friends you know for the rest of your life that you meet in school and in in college and stuff and uh, i have actually just connected with a friend of mine from high school who actually lives in new zealand now and uh, you know so it's great to to keep in touch with those people so you had mentioned how the like online communities that most people think about are these really large, like Facebook groups or whatever, right? Large groups online that are sort of anonymous. Do you think that the future of online communities is going to be those kind of fragmented, smaller groups of people? You know, I don't know what size of group, but do you think that's kind of where everything's leaning?
0: Yes, I I do feel like the future of community is in kind of those smaller groups, like those, you know, Discord channel offshoots and, like, those group chats. I mean, I just even think about, like, the Dunbar's number where, like, we can only have about 150 people, like, in our heads and truly connect with them. And when you scale, like, I think scaling to communities above that size is doable, but it requires, you know, so much more intention and structure. And each individual in that community wouldn't necessarily be connected with every single other person, right? I think even in bigger communities, smaller communities form within them. I mean, yeah, I, like, I guess when I think about the future of communities, I like think about uh, this group that I help help run called the Cool Cats Club. We are a group of like seven friends who meet together every Thursday on Zoom for an hour. And, you know, like we set goals, we hold each other accountable, and then we just talk about whatever feels meaningful. And some of those people are like my best friends now, and I have never met them in person. I'm actually taking a gap year next year and co-living with a couple of them. And so it's like, it's crazy just the depth of relationships that form when people do have those smaller safe spaces to really be themselves and really connect with other young people.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, as, as, Having been a kind of digital person since I was young, you know, I got my first computer, not that you would recognize it, but when I was about eight years old. Right. So we still met people in online communities through, you know, first it was bulletin board systems. And then later it was like, there was like, Yahoo used to have this like chat gaming network thing that doesn't exist anymore, and and you know I've had clients that were referred to me that were online who I've never met. You know, actually, I remember one time I had a client for six years before I met her in person. I just showed up at an event they had one time, and I was like, "Hey, I'm the internet guy." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh my god," you know. But yeah, taking online communities offline is another thing that can be really powerful is where people meet on a regular basis. And when it's safe to do so, obviously, having some kind of an in-person meeting, like a meetup event or something like that can really kind of solidify those communities. That happen a lot in kind of business communities where it's you know, you do business with people, it's always on the phone or over the internet, and you never really meet them, and then you meet them at like like what used to be a trade show or, you know, something like conference or something, right? And events, they always say that the value's in the hallway, right? Or some people say the value's in the bar, but I are not it up for that part yet. But the value's in the hallway. The idea is that conversations and the handshaking and all that kind of stuff is where you actually make the real relationships, not sitting at a stage watching a speaker, you know, though those I mean, I I still think those are also great also. And so let me ask you this for people maybe who are, you know, older, they're working in their business, people, you know, your age and, you know, kind of around your age who have kind of grown up in this, you know, high speed connected world that you have now. Where is the blind spot that older people are missing? Like if somebody's trying to connect with young people and they read an article in Forbes or something about like young people are on TikTok, right? All that stuff's crap, right? So where where is the, what are people missing?
0: Okay. I think first and foremost, I will say the obvious thing. Talk to young people. If you're trying to figure out where young people are, the best way to figure that out is to just ask. But I think, like, I do think the big thing that people are missing is just to hyper focus on kind of these big social media platforms like tiktok which you know sure like tons of people are on them but i think what, when i look at a lot of like like my gen z friends like we maybe spend 10 minutes scrolling on instagram but people are actually limiting their time on social media because you know like it's the attention economy like like algorithms are being like like we like we are being fed like information that like and like, we are aware of that and we don't want to be part of that game anymore. And because of that, I think a lot of young people are actually kind of stepping away from social media, realizing kind of like the implications of social media on like mental health and um, like raising like isolation and just comparison. And young, like young people don't want to be part of that game anymore. And so I think we're seeing a lot more of Gen Zers kind of moving away or you figuring out how to use social media in smarter ways, right? Like I have friends who literally only create content and they, like, block, like, viewing other people's content. And so, like, they're just on to create content. But, yeah, I think I think we're seeing young people move away from, like, finding their people on TikTok and kind of finding their people in spaces like Minecraft and Roblox and, like, Discord communities, Reddit threads, you know, like, spaces that are a bit more private and are ephemeral. Like, I think that's, like, that's why when we look at things like Snapchat and, like, Stories... I like I don't use Instagram as much. Like I use Instagram for stories. Like I'll click on people's stories, but that's just about it. And that's because like it disappears in 24 hours, and it you know it's a way of like staying up to date with your friends. And like I think that's like the most important part is just like kind of that sense of like spontaneity and like being able to uh, kind of better reflect what actual real life connections are like.
2: Yeah, I think something interesting that I was talking with someone about a while ago and uh, it was somebody in their early twenties. And, you know, they had said, well, the only thing me and my friends ever use Facebook for is, is to make like events for like a birthday party or something, right. Or to go to your, whatever it is. And then the only thing we put on Instagram is if you take a nice photo and you want to keep it for later and uh, everything else they do is through direct message and, you know, other platforms Mm -hmm. that are, that are just not accessible to like, Mostly advertising, advertisers, their parents, you know, relatives, stuff like that. You want to have a conversation in private. You don't necessarily want to be posting photos that your grandma's looking at, you know. And It doesn't have to be like dirty photos or something, right? It could be just like, you know, oh, here's me and my friends hanging out, whatever, right? You, you don't necessarily want the prying eyes of, of your family or, your, you know, whoever else, right? And, you know, there's a lot of creepers in the, in the world too, right? So, you know, those spaces are a lot safer, mostly just because they're not populated by people outside of those communities, right? So the book, Youth Organizer is the book. Who is this book for?
0: This book is for anyone who wants to learn how to kind of first kind of stay connected with people online and find your community where where you feel a sense of belonging and power and I guess the secondary audience is anyone who is interested in kind of driving social change and really leveraging these communities to do good in the world right like we like like we talked about building things together and how that was so powerful and in my community And in my book, I kind of featured stories of youth organizers and activists who who are taking these communities and really like launching entire movements for change, right? And just making really cool things happen. So whether you're like a young person, an adult, uh, I think adults would be really interested in the book too, because I think young people bring like a lot of energy and imagination when it comes to kind of figuring out how we might like bring ourselves and show up in digital spaces in new ways. And I think adults have a lot to learn from what young people
2: are doing. Yeah, and I think with the speed the technology changes, young people are more adaptive with it because older people generally tend to learn something and then stick with what they know, right? Which is just a... I mean, that's just the way it is in in any kind of evolutionary cycle, right? And young people are more adaptive. They're often trying things out more often, right? They often have a larger group, like a peer group that they can talk to and learn things from. You know, they connect with each other and they go, let's go over here and try this. Let's go over here and try this. You know, whereas you see, especially in, you know, people in, I don't want to like say an age group, but let's say people who didn't grow up digitally connected for the majority of their life, they have a really difficult time, you know. We still have people having a hard time, you know, muting and unmuting themselves on Zoom calls, let alone figuring out how to get on a Discord server, right? So, yeah, I mean, there's issues with that. If somebody if somebody wants to get on your crowdfunding and get a copy of your book, where is it available?
0: Yeah, so my book's pre-sale campaign is currently on Indiegogo. So we will Catch a link to the show notes, but I uh, definitely check out the page, and I'd love it if you'd get a copy or share it with people who might be interested.
2: Sure, we'll put the link in the show notes. And uh, the book is called Youth Organizer. And uh, also you can hit the follow button in Indiegogo. It's got a little heart on it, says follow. And then you can get updates from Ashley about the book and potentially where it's published after. If you uh, are listening to this after uh, the beginning of May. Ashley, I can't believe how well that you've already done in your life at the age you're at. You've got a promising future ahead of you. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Matt. It was really great to chat with you. I'm just really grateful for all your support.
2: All right. Have a great day.
0: Yep. Bye.
1: This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business.